0: So Eric, <laughs> yes, I have a confession to make. Okay, what is that confession? I am ready to admit mm-hmm. to the world that I have finally become mom curious. Wow. Okay, so that for us, this is a big deal. I,
1: you know, <laughs> this is a big deal. Why
0: do you say that?
1: I mean, as someone who has tried to push
0: you toward a, a oh yeah, a parenting. <laughs> Just to clarify this, for those of you all who aren't privy to our private conversations, Eric has been trying to push me toward parenthood since he became a father. Yeah. I.e., when I was 26. Okay?
1: <laughs> Just to clarify. I think overall it was fair. But this is this is amazing. I'm excited because I know there was hesitancy for a while.
0: There was. There was. There was some hesitancy, you know, and, and I guess I should clarify what Mom Curious means for people who might not know. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is after years and years of, of waffling on the decision as to whether or not, you know, becoming a parent was something I really wanted to do or not, or even just whether or not I'm right for the job. I'm now secure in my desire to be a parent, Mm -hmm. and I think I've kind of figured out what kind of mom I want to be.
1: I am very curious. What type of mom do you want to be? Do you want to be just like me as a dad?
0: I don't want to be just like you as a dad. You want to,
1: make that into a mom thing?
0: No. We are going to (laughs) get... We're going to talk about (laughs) the difference between moms and dads later in this episode. Um, But I decided that I want to be a bad mom. Okay. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And this is For Colored Nerds. The weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture that we rarely discuss in mixed company. And if you haven't heard already, Brittany wants to someday be a mom. A bad mom. Not just any bad mom, though. I want to be a bad Black mom. A bad black mom who tells her kids to do right, but follows Jason Lee drama like it's her soap opera. Who likes green juices and Casamigos. Who always has her nails done, but the hair, the hair is sometimes giving bonnet. I'm sorry, Monique, this is the representation we need. So if you haven't realized it already, this episode
1: is all about our representations and expectations of motherhood, especially black motherhood on screen.
0: We'll talk about what shows get it right, what shows get it wrong, and most importantly, how a show about a middle-aged actress with three kids who supports her mom and ex-husband may be the blueprint for what's to come. I know, scandalous. Find out which show after the break. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. When Tillamook Ice Cream beckons you to the freezer aisle, which irresistibly creamy flavor do you choose? While you're thinking, try not to fuck up
1: the class.
0: Tillamook Ice Cream, Extraordinary Dairy. So, Eric, you know, it's going to be that time. I'm currently child free. Yes. To clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, but my fiance and I, you know, we're starting to imagine a, a future where our two becomes three. Wow. Um, Yeah, you know, we're a very solid, loving partnership. We've been together over six years now at this point. Um, You know, our our careers are coming together. And uh, also, too, I mean, to be honest, like the last year and a half of the pandemic, like I think just like the amount of pressure and everything that was going on in the world, I think made both of us realize just how much, you know, we can rely on each other when things get tough and how like great we are at working through conflict and coming to consensus and, you know, sharing with each other. And so I've been spending a lot more time thinking about, like, how I might inhabit the role of mother.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. If you remember when I even thought about how I might inhabit the role of a father, I I spiraled. Uh, It was actually (laughs) the thing that got me in therapy, thankfully. I was going to say,
0: if I remember,
1: (laughs) how could I forget? uh, So yeah, for what's worth, I I understand how big thinking about that can be, like how affecting that can be. It's a
0: lot. It's a lot. And and, and I'll be honest with you, like I've been having trouble envisioning myself as a mom. Like Hmm. for starters, like I'm not great with kids. (laughs) I don't know what that's not. I don't know if that's well, true. I'll say it's not necessarily like my ministry. You know what I mean? Like I sure. like children, sure. but you know that thing that people who are good with kids have, where they just every time a baby sees them, they just actually my fiance is like that. Children <laughs> and animals constantly want to like just be held by him and jump into his lap and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I like enjoy children. I, mm-hmm. I like my friends' kids. I, I adore my niece. Mm-hmm. You know, my baby cousins. Uh, my niece that's my home girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't have that thing that like ineffable quality that like people who are good with kids have. The other thing is that I grew up with like a super mom. Your mom is involved.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And has always been very involved. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my mom stayed at home with us after I was born. I'm the second of three girls. And, you know, I I had sports and activities and museum Mm -hmm. trips. And my mom taught Sunday school I don't even go to church. <laughs> and she made cupcakes for my birthday for, yeah. you know, my classrooms when I was a kid. And she was my Girl Scout troop leader. And she made my Halloween costumes yeah. by hand. And wow. I have come. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> if I have a hole in my pants, I'm taking it to a tailor. Like, it's yeah. it's like my mom had all the skills. But I, I've come to the bittersweet understanding, realization, really, that that I honestly uh <laughs> will probably never do a lot of those things like mm. a lot of uh what defines motherhood for me and what i grew up with mm-hmm. is just like i'm not going to be able to do i'm not going to be that kind of mom like you know what i mean and i, I it's, it's it's a relief you know it's uh-huh. a little bit of a relief yeah. because i just couldn't live up to that big shoes to fill but yeah i mean i think i have what it takes to be a parent but it's like okay if i'm not going to be like super mom Then like what kind of mom am i going to be like what kind of mom do i want to be like i had been stumped thinking about this mm-hmm. over the past, like, year, two, three, until I stumbled upon a little show called Better Things, which actually returns for its fifth season this week. Better Things is a half-hour FX comedy about a working actress and single mother named Sam Fox, and she's played by Pamela Adlon, who also, like, writes and directs most of the episodes in the series. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time you get to the third and fourth season, I think she stars in, writes and directs every episode. That's- um And she's so good. Like, she's so good in the role. But it's about Sam Fox and her three daughters, Max, Frankie, and Duke, who are each played by really great child actresses. Mm -hmm. All really, really good. Um, Sam also, in the series, cares for her aging mother, Mm -hmm. uh, really interesting older British lady named Phil who lives across the street who has her own type of shit going on. Mm -hmm. But it's just
1: like, it's just a really good show. Yes, Better Things. Okay, full disclosure, Better Things was always kind of on my list Mm -hmm. of shows that everybody talks about in a way that like, like you can tell it's good. Yeah. And so anyway, you gave me a list I did a specific list. A specific list of episodes <laughs> to watch and I got to say I loved it. It was re- it's it's really it's really well done.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, really well, well done. done.
1: And it felt very like to be a 50-ish like old, older white woman. Yeah. I I found I found my, <laughs> my you know 35-year-old black ass self so found some truth in it. So yeah, I'm very curious. I don't have no idea how and why like how this connects. Uh-huh. But yeah, I want to hear more. I'm
0: ready. So when all this shit was going down with Gimlin and all that mm. shit and all everything blew up, uh, was pulled back into a deep depression, obviously. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, like many. Yeah. <laughs> like many. Um, and so when I started watching the show, it was like, warm enough that it felt good but it wasn't it didn't feel like a total escape watch yeah. if that makes sense it wasn't trying to pacify you it just yeah. was,
1: it, there was there was there's catharsis there's catharsis <laughs> there's in the show.
0: real catharsis <laughs> in the show like i highly recommend watching it i mean it's kind of a perfect show it's it's really well done it's warm it's sweet it's sour at times mm-hmm. it's 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 hopeful also and it just feels really real and what makes the show so interesting is sam fox's character mm-hmm. like It's interesting because obviously she's well off enough to like be able to like afford two mortgages in California. She she was like a child star. Sam is a working actor. So she's like known enough that she gets recognized sometimes and that like she seems really well connected and is able to like book jobs. But she's also like in her late 40s, early 50s throughout the run of the show. So she's consistently disrespected Mm -hmm. for being too old and, and has to like audition for things she shouldn't have to audition for. Um, she has to constantly deal with like sexism, misogyny, ageism. And then also she doesn't, she's not getting those big fat paychecks yeah. that allow you to like deal with all of the isms. Like she still is definitely somebody who like she's doing well enough, but she also still has to get up every day and show up somewhere yeah. to be able to like provide the life that she does for her daughters and also by extension her ex husband who she basically funds his life on the show. Yeah. Um. So you also understand that like she has a lot of stakes as far as her career on the show and why she has to work so hard. But yeah, like Sam Fox as a character, even though I don't have much in common with her lifestyle-wise at all, she feels like a perfect blend of the kind of mom that I could see myself being. Like, she curses, Mm -hmm. but she also cooks for her kids a lot. And she frequently says the wrong thing, but she apologizes quickly. And she also maintains an independent life as an artist, like a working artist. But she also makes her daughters the center of her life. And honey, you can be anything you want to be. Seriously. But also, if you just get a job and get by... You're still going to love your life, because life is good, even at its worst.
1: You came here just to
0: say that to me? Why? Was it shitty? I thought it was going to be good. But yeah, like, I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, she also, like, is momly. Like, she is the sort of parent who, like, her kids' friends are always over the house, and she's, like, welcoming and kind and warm, Mm -hmm. but she's not... Sweet.
1: Correct. Uh, Yeah, there's a barbness. Yeah. And I think one of the things I think that's interesting about her barbness is it comes from a real place of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like she is someone who has, she has emotions. Yeah. I think, uh, at least I've experienced as a dad, there's a tension between wanting to express yourself to your kid and your kid needing to understand something, whether it be about what they've done or about life, whatever. Mm -hmm. There can be a tension between actually wanting to say the thing that you feel to them, and yes. and she says what she feels.
0: She <laughs> says what she feels for better or for but worse. Also, yeah, for better or for worse. But also, I mean, there are points in my life where there are points in my life where my mom said what she felt, and it was what needed to be said. said. Yeah, like yeah. it was like it was time for the kid gloves to come off or her fertile level of me and just be like, look. This is the game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> deal. But Sam Fox is also a perfect example of what is now being called the bad mom trope.
1: Yes. So, the bad mom trope, when you, you initially talked to me about like wanting to do this, and I actually, I got really excited because I don't know that I talk about this that often, but I mainline all this shit. Like, all the, <laughs> like, I have seen bad moms, one. Bad Moms Christmas, because it's not Bad Moms 2. Yes. I watch, like, Working Moms. You uh, do watch Working Moms. There's uh, Single Parents. Yep. I've I've watched a bit of that. My point being...
0: <laughs> you know the sh- this shit. This is... You live this
1: shit. The dysfunctional parent, I wouldn't necessarily... I, I'd say, like, I've always, like, been interested in. So when you came to talk about it, I realized I got really excited to talk with you about it. Because it's a thing I actually don't... Because of our friend group, you know, like, I, right. haven't, I haven't had many opportunities to talk about it. And I'm only just now entering in that with, you know, some of our friends who have had kids. And you who has just, today, <laughs> <laughs> become mom curious.
0: Now that your child is like six, six. and a half.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm say all that to say, Let's get into it. The bad mom's trope. Like, for you, like, how do we define
0: that? Okay. So, I recently watched a great video from this YouTube channel called The Take. And the video was called The Bad Mom Trope Explained. And now I'm going to kind of like break down for you the way they broke down the bad mom trope in the video. Let's do it. The bad mom, basically, it's like she's a straight shooter, she's not afraid to put herself or her work before her kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's women who are really zany and out there like Lucia Bluth from Arrested Development. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but they're basically like moms that are depicted as closer to like, <laughs> three-dimensional human beings yeah um and, and they're very imperfect sometimes yeah. extremely flawed but they really like lead with love and i think that they exist specifically as an answer to sort of like the stay-at-home mother that we saw depicted on television throughout yeah. the 50s 60s 70s Ooh. and even into the 80s and and, and, and 90s into today yeah. yeah um i mean so like examples of some some characters of what that looks like, Selena Meyer from Veep, mm-hmm. um, obviously Sam Fox, from better things, Kate Foster from Working Moms, yes. oh, which Lord. is Eric <laughs> Um the moms from the hit film franchise, Bad Moms. Yeah. And if you really want to take it back, like Roseanne Arnold from mm-hmm. Roseanne. And my queen, my girl, the fashion icon, the style queen, Peggy Bundy from mm. Married with Children. I mean, she like couldn't cook. <laughs> she didn't clean. <laughs> but always wore heels and like leopard print leggings. Yeah. <laughs> around loved, she I was fresh. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was fresh. She kind of like put herself together as like a tackier version of, like, what a 50s housewife would be, but mm-hmm. she didn't do any of the shit that even a functioning adult would do to take care of themselves or her children, and I loved it. To quote the video, you know, they describe the bad mom as a complex, realistic depiction of a mom that reminds us that she's a human being. Um, you know, we see from the mom's point of view... Yes, that's
1: important, um, too. I feel like.
0: Everything that she's forced to deal with day in and day out. And also, the bad mom is a mom that decides not to let motherhood totally define her. She defends her right mm-hmm. to be a human being, which runs antithetical to, I think, most people's ideas of what motherhood is. I mean, even still, if you look at statistics, you know, more women are working outside the home than they were in like the 50s or in the 70s. But women are doing more child care yeah. and more housework than they were doing back in those days while still working full time. Which, I mean, goes to show a few things. It indicates that, like, men are not necessarily stepping up, um, you that's know, to say, <laughs> dad and, and heterosexual couples aren't showing up. And there's actually studies that there's not enough research that's been done on same sex couples, but early research indicates that. <laughs> Things are more egalitarian in same-sex homes because Surprise. tasks are divided among who has the capacity, who has the time, who has the skill and the energy versus along gender lines. Yeah. And assumptions about those things.
1: Just something that's interesting about that too is like it, it, it makes sense as to also why, you know, during the pandemic we heard reports of a lot of a lot of relationships ending. And mm-hmm. then uh and
0: women dropping out of the workforce. And
1: women dropping out of the workforce. And so, you know, you have I think you see both ends of that spectrum. You see, you know, people Trying to choose. Yeah. Trying to choose between that career or that family.
0: It's unfortunate because that feels like you can have your career or you can have your family, and you are nowhere in the equation. (laughs) Um, And and to be honest, like, that is one of the things that I'm the most fearful of Mm -hmm. um, in regards to having a child is, like— the complete loss of my identity, not necessarily specifically as a parent or because I have to, you know, care for this other person, but more so like there's something that happens with moms. It doesn't really happen with dads where it's like I think all parents experience some sort of like loss of identity is a mm-hmm. huge change. You have to become selfless in a way that you haven't had to before, but even statistically the expectations and judgment that mothers receive or even feel they receive is sometimes double what fathers express.
1: I can absolutely see that. I mean, I think the there's a space that comes along with, you know, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that space is, that, like, there's an expectation of distance between dads and men in the family. Mm. Like, you know, it is not crazy, you know, if you're looking at kind of older, coarser, like, gender lines to have the dad consistently be out working mm-hmm. and, like, he's the person who doesn't make it home for bedtime. He's the person who doesn't do this thing. Yeah. And that's a thought of as a requirement because of his need to be out, you know. Making money. Making money. But it's interesting that none of that actually <laughs> applies <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to the other partner in that relationship, the mom, you know, who also might want to make money. Uh, Who also might need to make money. Yes, Uh, But then also still, there isn't that distance between how do you figure out what happens, you know, with the child in that relationship. So anyway, I I just say, like, it's something I think that I realized not necessarily was afforded to me in my life. I think I've tried to exist outside that dynamic. Mm -hmm. But people talk to me about it. People are like, oh, well, you know, people will say, like, oh, that's a thing, you know, can your wife do that? Or, like, can somebody... Really? Like, yeah, I've heard stuff like that all this, I've heard... The, people say the wildest shit. Like what? Like... Just like, you know, I mean, you know, like, I got, I got divorced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the divorce... You know, we were trying to figure out custody. And for what it's worth, it was a you know pretty amicable situation. It wasn't yeah. like, as far as divorces go, it, you know, we were in a room all the time together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but during that, people were kind of coming to me and they were like, you're just going to do weekends? And I was just like, no. I was like, what? No, it's my child. I love her. I want to I take care of her as much as I possibly can. And anyway, I just say like, they were like, oh, well, you know, I thought you might want to work. That, that's wow. more her. I, I have people who, you know, were close to us would say, wow. say things like that. And so I'm just like, I was just have to be like, no, I want to do this thing. But I, I say that less about me and more so what that means about what, the perception is that i think moms and women can take.
0: yeah. and i think that
1: has been that has been wild. and i will also say just you know as a person who has tried to act differently in terms of the the stereotypes and the kind of the tropes that exist around parenting and and being a dad like the shit is hard. you know like i'm in a yeah. situation where it's, like i am lucky enough that you know my wife and i and my co-parent We work together as, like, three people to take care of one kid, and (laughs) we—it's real. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I
1: can't imagine—you know what I'm saying? Like, I just say that to—I'll come back to—I can't imagine how difficult it is to feel like you have that binary choice. Yeah. uh, And then to have society in all ways— Yes. —enforce it.
0: Yes, because the other thing that's causing working women to also be doing more housework and more childcare is, like, some of that is expectation. Like, yeah. they're feeling this judgment and they're feeling these expectations. Um, just a quick aside about dads, actually. Um, <laughs> the bar for dads in pop culture is <laughs> low. Yeah. Just like, I hate to say it, the bar for fathers in real life is frighteningly yeah. low. Yeah. Um, so I was looking to see if, like, the same outlet that mm. I had enjoyed, you know, the Bad Mom video, had something about dads that could be comparable that I could sort of, like, play off of. Um, the Take doesn't have a video about the bumbling dad trope. The only, as far as I could see... Video about a dad is a tribute video to Jack Pearson, the late patriarch of the Pearson family on This Is Us, played by Milo Ventimiglia. It's a tribute video about how great of a father he is for being affectionate and kind and putting his family first, despite his alcoholism and abusive upbringing. Um, So those qualities are pitched to the viewer as unusual, even though... (laughs) Those qualities are routinely expected as below the baseline from others.
1: Yeah. And just in theory, as a parent, like in theory, when you read about what the parent should do, that is what a parent should be affording their child. So it's just interesting that like once it goes from parent to mom and dad, (laughs) like it misses.
0: It it misses. (laughs) It just misses it. Um, And so, I mean, you know, it is it's no surprise then that these bad mom characters would feel like a balm to a lot of women and mothers in pop culture, but they are overwhelmingly white. I was about to say I wanted to
1: come back and be like, okay, so you mentioned you mentioned like Jim Rose, uh-huh. all of these folks, and, and I watched the movies. I watch Bad Moms. I watched... Bad Moms in Paradise.
0: You watch <laughs> Bad Moms Island. Bad Island. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I watch all this stuff, and and I could probably count the number of Black people who spoke. Mm. Mm. on uh mm. on maybe one hand it, it barely into two
0: yeah the lack of bad black moms it is astounding and it means something and even like you know like you said in the bad moms franchise the three main moms are white and mm-hmm. most of the women that you see speaking in the movie are white and then even on a show like working moms yeah. you know what i'm saying or even like single parents has some diversity but yeah. the action does not is, is centrally around a single white mom mm-hmm. um, you see that time and time again throughout pop culture and there's a reason for that uh, but I want to save that until we come back from the break so after the break we are going to dig into well actually we're going to like look under you know rock creek <laughs> nook Left and cranny rock. to find the bad black moms and also unpack a little bit of why they're so hard to find hmm. to begin with so we're going to get into that
1: I'm I'm ready for that after the break Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. We can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona?
0: And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salute to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life.
1: Ashley High Performance Sofas and Recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Life doesn't have a pause button.
0: That's why Capella University's FlexPath Learning Format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. before the break we were talking about how the bad moms trope it's actually kind of a good thing yeah Um, and it seems like something that like a lot of moms are responding to in pop culture and embracing in a really positive way and that feels real to them but we also remarked on the fact that like bad black moms are disturbingly hard to find. Yeah. That is because black women tend to portray literally perfect mother figures on television. I will say like there are a couple black mom characters who kind of did stray from the beaten path, like in Motherhood, um, Rochelle from Everybody Hates yes. Chris, Lisa Landry mm-hmm. from Sister Sister, Maya Wilkes from Girlfriends, mm-hmm. but Motherhood either wasn't the focus of those shows or The focus of the show or the point of view of the show is expressed from the children, like with Sister Sister or Everybody Hates Chris. It kind of leaves the moms to occupy like a very specific kid friendly or like sex in the city friendly, you know, girlfriend's friendly space and doesn't really like allow them to have both sides of their personality plus their own rich inner life. Um, So, yeah, you know, like there are some moms that have broken away from that. But by and large, the black supermom is like the thing to beat. Um, I mean, and part of the reason why that persists and exists to begin with is because black mothers are penalized socially and in the carceral sense for showing up as anything less than perfect. Yeah, I think I mean, I think it's they're
1: penalized, but I also think there's a reasonable amount of pressure and expectation. You can't deny that. Like, both are very important. Yeah. Because the literal effects, like you said, you know, like, if you're late, you know, dropping your kid off to school Mm -hmm. so much, in certain, you know, school districts, if you're black, they're trying to bring you up on truancy issues. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I think those consequences are real and extreme for many black women. And I also think that the expectation is is really deep as well. Like, you know, something I feel like I've heard my mom talk about anecdotally, never, never, like super crystallized Mm -hmm. but just like you know when you're on that soccer team and for what it's worth like in better things and it is your week to bring snack you don't want to you don't have the bad snack you know what i'm saying like you don't want to be the parent usually i'm one of the like two or three black kids on the team yep you know what i'm saying and you don't want to seem deficient and there's a pressure to even sometimes project that like there's a sameness Mm. in how things come together to get to the snack. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and even though as ridiculous as that is and I just I've seen my mom try to do everything yeah. and be a single parent and you know what I'm saying and like not be super well off, <laughs> you know, like stringing it together sometimes. And I just as I am now an adult and a parent, I now can reflect back and be like like, fuck, I can't imagine just in addition to the actual consequences, if you do yeah, fuck up, yeah. the pressure to not fuck up, too, is like, that's wild.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I don't have any kids, but like, I and I understand so much more now as an adult, I know what it felt like to have my mom snatch the life out of me because I started cutting up in public. Mm-hmm. And some of that, you know, I think because of a lot of conversations that people have about police violence and having to talk with your children. Now there's this idea that like the only reason why your parent wouldn't want you to cut up in public is because you could get in trouble with an authority. That's not it. That ain't always it. (laughs) It's because your mom does not want to know you if you start cutting up in public, not just because she's embarrassed, but because that's going to reflect poorly upon her. And you don't know who's out there, who's looking, who's going to see. Because, I mean, we're talking a lot about like white people or, you know, your kids teachers or their schoolmates' parents, but also, I mean, other Black people (laughs) will dress you down for not being the type of mother that they think that you need to be. And actually, I mean, that brings us to the Black Supermom of today, Beth Pearson from This is Us. Beth Pearson is a lovely character. This is us, the, this huge hit of a show. It comes on NBC every Tuesday night. and it centers on the Pearson family. And, and it kind of like plays with time. They jump back through the generations and they go off in all sorts of interesting storytelling directions. But one of the central characters in the show is Beth Pearson, played by Susan Kelechi Watson. Who is Howard Grad. Yeah, um, shout out. Yeah, shout out. And she she brings so much warmth and, and vibrance to the character in a really beautiful way. Um, but she is the mother I would love to aspire to be, but I just could never. Let's just start and stop with the fact that she and her three daughters mm-hmm. all have new hairstyles every three to five days. <laughs> First of <laughs> all, that's assuming that my hair as well as my child's are going to be done. Most of the time. I'm just, I'm going to be honest, I don't see it for myself. Yeah. I've been trying to get my fiance to practice on my head. (laughs) But this is the thing. Like, Beth, in addition to having the girl's hair hooked up, Mm -hmm. Beth be dealing with whatever Randall want to do. Randall is her husband, played by Sterling K. Brown. Randall be on some other shit. Randall be quitting his job without asking. Randall be bringing his uh, long-lost birth father in without asking. Randall want to be taking 20-hour car trips during COVID. Did he run for office? Uh, Randall (laughs) ran for office. I think he won, and then he ended up becoming, like, a city council member for a city that they do not live in. He bought an apartment building without asking. But, Beth just be rolling with everything. We don't find out until the fourth season or fifth season that Beth had dreams of becoming a ballet dancer that were dashed, basically. And so she switched to something else altogether. She ends up losing her job and finally later she's allowed to open her dance school. Mm -hmm. But that was something they brought in after seasons and seasons. Yeah, aren't they going into the final season? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like, they got critique, I think, for a long time that was like, Beth's great, but like, She's the, not real. This is not real. This is not sustainable. Yeah. And somebody would snap eventually. She does kind of push back, but again, it it took seasons and yeah. seasons and seasons for and that to back. happen to get pushback. She is so absolutely selfless. She's just not realistic. Interestingly enough, do you know who plays Beth Pearson's oh, right. mother? Of course, it has to be Felicia Rashad, <laughs> who also who plays everybody's black box. Everybody's in black How mom. to get away with murder? Yeah, like yeah, yes. Yes. But she also played Claire Huxtable. Yes. Um. I mean, you can't really talk about Beth Pearson, actually, as a character without talking about Claire mm-hmm. Huxtable because they occupy so much of the same space. You also can't talk about Claire without talking about Felicia Rashad. Yeah, People have had to do work to divorce their ideas about Claire Huxtable from their ideas about Felicia Rashad. And that, to me, stands as proof that, like, These this ideals. image of a Black mother does matter to some degree. It's not nothing. So, I mean, you know, it's like you said like the perfect black mom thing it doesn't work <laughs> in real life and then also it's like representative of a thing that people think that they want but they don't actually want in practice in real life that leaves like a window open like okay like bad black moms do <laughs> you know what I'm we could do this we could do this like it's our time to shine I, I don't have any children yet i'm like i'm in the group okay i'm putting myself in the group um and so you know you might be wondering like where are where are all of the bad black moms
1: just in media? Yeah, in media, in media. I mean... You know, you here. mentioned from Everybody Hates Chris, like yeah. that type of deal. But it's interesting, like, in that, case, in Everybody Hates Chris, like, all these are, uh, for lack of a better word, in antiquity.
0: Like- yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's not really that space that's being occupied right now. I think what... I, I, I'm curious to see what happens as people are age, get older, um, like, as millennials age, because, like, I think what happened for a lot of black women like with Insecure. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for that, like about motherhood or parenthood. Um, But there are a couple bad black moms on Better Things. Like there's an episode in season three, it's called No Limit, where Sam Fox has dinner with a bunch of her like grown women friends. And there are a few moms in the mix, specifically two moms, one Lala, played by Judy Reyes, who a lot of people know from Scrubs, and Lenny, played by Cree Summer, who people know from like literally everything from yeah. Specter Gadget to like, <laughs> <Rugrats>. <laughs> to like Rugrats to like Rugrats to obviously different a different world. And so Lenny and Lala are two characters who each share just like a few lines, what well, comes into a few lines of dialogue with Sam that feel so real. And so human and so full with just a few lines of dialogue, I feel like I really get a window into who each of these women are. You got to see them enjoy their friends, but also when they talked about their kids and they talked about their family life, you could see that it was meaningful to them. So I want to show you how Lenny and Lala occupy space on the show. And so I'm going to play a clip for you right now of Lenny joining Sam and Lala at a restaurant for Girls Night. I, I can't it's believe I even made it I'm glad you made it too I can't believe you are here that was Oh he's okay But his dad
1: is dying oh. Yes Chit show as usual I'm taking care of the boys alone and his mama Meanwhile I'm supposed to get back to Thailand to
0: finish the film
1: Where in the hell is everybody
0: else? Bathroom Yeah I want to show you kind of like how Lala shares some of the struggles that she's dealing with, like as a wife and mom and, and caretaker. Uh, so I'm going to play you a real quick clip. My, hmm. I like one of mine too. I'm not naming names. Oh, why did we put ourselves through all this?
1: It's insane. Nobody told me it was going to be this hard. I, I suffered know. through four years of IVF for this shit. Could have spent the money on a house, big house. Yeah.
0: But it's just so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Not when Tiana's screaming now at me. That was a really short interaction, but I got such a clear idea of who this woman is as a mother, as a friend, and as a wife. I got a real sense for how she moves through the world and what some of her biggest concerns are. And that happened like that. Hearing from them... Felt significant. The construction
1: of the episode has like a scene that I feel like actually is a kind of a staple of most... Bad Moms content, yeah. which is the basically like, sometimes we say fuck it and we all get drunk. Yeah. Like, or do drugs or like, you know, or, or mama, harass m- Mommy blow, yeah, as like... they said in the episode, <laughs> going in the bathroom doing lines. And so like, you know, that that is not new. It has a, you know, it's a crystallized part of the Bad Moms movie. You yeah. see it, it pops up in Working Moms. They always kind of hang out and, you know, they're drinking and doing things like that.
0: It didn't have sort of like the pithiness that Working Moms has, mm-hmm. where it's just sort of like, Yeah, Yeah. there's
1: like a, every now and again, there's like an energy that's like, almost like fuck them kids.
0: Yeah, fuck them kids, (laughs) kind of like frat guys, which
1: let's talk about Working Moms real quick. So uh Working Moms is a show that was developed by, it's written, I think she sometimes directs as well, Mm -hmm. uh, and stars in, her name is Catherine Reitman, and it's set in Toronto, uh, and it kind of chronicles the lives of these, like somewhat of a rotating cast of women. Uh, who met in a Mommy and Me group yeah. uh, and their experiences. And it, it falls right into that kind of bad moms stuff, hardcore. And they're always kind of getting drunk. The show definitely is looking to provoke a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's looking to provoke within a genre that is kind of almost all about provocation. This genre is all about pushing back on like the things that make people feel comfortable about what a mom is supposed to do. Uh-huh. And so like, this show takes that to the extreme. But it's interesting how... Even in that, there's still no
0: space for us. No, no. I mean, I I watched the most recent season and there were a few moments that feature a Black mom Mm -hmm. that like kind of seem like she got their humor and like could hang or whatever. But they always made they made a lot of those interactions either so insignificant as to just kind of pass by. Or removed. Or they were, yeah, or removed. Or they just were about race. And it's just like, that's how you can relate to this character. You're showing me the barrier that you believe is between you and this other mom. And not only that, like, you're showing me that you don't see the other mom as somebody who could understand your experiences. You're not seeing them as your equal. Exactly. And I think a lot of that in a lot of these shows, I think,
1: are related to class. It's not it's not crazy to say white women of a certain, you know, class and, and socioeconomic status often exist within spaces where there just aren't that many like black people. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, sometimes by choice. <laughs> and so, you, you know, I think that's a piece of it, but like it's also just it's just interesting. So, anyway, to come back to uh better things and to see one black woman participate even just participate yes, and communicate. Yes, it, it it felt so much more honest to like even just. You know, what? I, hell, even my mom takes a sip of beer every now and again. She is yeah, loose as mom. off that sip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I'm like, I know that, like, I mean, there are periods where, like, I know my mom, like, went with my aunt to go see Winona Judd, I think in Vegas or Arizona or something like that. I know my mom went to go see Cher during yeah. the Believe tour. Like, How many casino trips have happened with a mom? Okay, How many casino trips? Okay. I know there's going to be some bad mom shenanigans going on in the casino trips. But, yeah, I mean— I also, like, remember being, like, when I was a teenager, starting to, A, understand my mother more as a person outside of me who was just there to provide me with my life and everything like that. Um, But also, as my sisters and I, my younger sister and I specifically, became more independent, my mom was allowed to kind of, like, go off and figure out how she wanted to spend her time and how she wanted to have fun and what she was interested in, again, because... You know, you put a lot of that stuff on hold and and things like she that. She had space. She had space, um, and now it's like really nice in my in this part of my mom's life to see her enjoying herself so much, like with her friends and like taking trips and doing all this stuff. You know, like going out to dinner and having drinks with her girlfriends. Like I love seeing her do those things. Not that she did not do them when I was growing up, but it's like. To really now be exposed to more of that part of her life is really nice. Well, I think
1: I think we didn't see it partially because we, we weren't were, supposed to. We weren't supposed to because <laughs> we were kids. But also, I think there's probably a protection of that space. Yeah. Because yeah. of, you know, like what I have seen so many groups of like black women or even just black people, but yeah. mostly black women. You know, they go out for a night. They're trying to have fun. Ooh. You run into like You run into shit at the bar. You run into... You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, there's so much constriction on, like, being a black woman in society. Like, I can't imagine once you get to being a mom, like, you're tired as fuck. You've been working. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Kids are hard. (laughs) You know? And you just want to go out with your friends and get fucked up and have fun. Yeah. And it's interesting how much we don't get to see that as that type of recreation and that type of release for black women and for black moms no, in this context,
0: we really, really don't. There's a lot of like sitting with a single glass of wine, thinking about the romance that could have been, crying over bills. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or like, like if you see, like you you can see sometimes the acknowledgement of the hardships and like show sort of like what the mom is faced with, but the enjoyment. Um, that's what I liked about the better things seen is like you got to see two black women who are different from each other who had their own individual stories and like I will say they do pop up later again in yeah. that like throughout that series the thing is though is I love them on that show yeah I want women like that to have their own show absolutely and that's the thing like that's the that's the black moms that I want to see on TV who are like maybe they're going to get divorced maybe they won't maybe they hate their husband today maybe they don't maybe they also have to take care of you know sick parents and like maybe they are going to go out and do coke in the bathroom when they go out with their girlfriends. I don't think I plan on doing that, but, like, I want to see a mom who's going to do that. Sure,
1: you want the option. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I want the option. I want to feel like it's available to me. Um, But, yeah, like, I want to see those things presented without shame and to have the Black mother be the center of the narrative. Like, I, like I said, representation is not everything, but, like, I don't think it's wild to want to be seen somewhere. No,
1: I don't. I don't think it's wild at all. I mean, for what I think I think that there's an interesting thing about that as well that I think we might start seeing sooner. Uh, I think we're gonna get that show you're looking for mm-hmm. very soon. I think about like if you look at folks like Issa Hoop who came up and I think you know filled at least a space around almost like girl child like. But yeah. just kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. figuring it, woman-child, woman-child, figuring it out, out kind of trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she really has done a great job for kind of presenting Black women within that. Yes, and that's something that's very different. I think she deserves laurels for that. But I also think you can't ignore that uh, that period is ending for at least that particular show. I agree. And I would not be surprised if the people who were seeking out that content, you know, who are also very interested in Tiffany's storyline.
0: Yes, and also people who have kids probably already.
1: Exactly. Who are now ready and at the point in their lives where they might be ready for that show. And I think there's a lot more creators who are hitting around that age who hopefully... Hint, hint, hint. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Take this idea.
0: Yeah. Go make some shit. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. there's an audience to watch it. There's definitely an audience to watch it. And I, I'm excited to see how things turn out. I mean, like, I don't know. I was thinking, I thought really hard about, like, a black bomb that kind of felt new to me. Yeah. And felt really full in her depiction. And actually, um, this is from a film. It's a drama film. But uh, Turquoise Jones, played by Nicole Bihari in Miss Juneteenth, recently... Um, felt like something closer to a story that centered on a mother who both loves being a parent and also has, like, serious reflection and lamentation about what her role requires of her, what she's had to give up in order to assume that role. But also somebody who, like, has not fully given up on herself. Yeah. Um I will say like that's a that's a story that like takes place in the more rural south mm-hmm. and like you know is about a family that is not I don't even think middle class necessarily, maybe lower middle class or working class, um, but is of a different class than the types of moms that we typically see on TV uh, featuring women of any race. Yeah. Um, and that was also nice to see sort of like characters that felt knowable, but like were outside of the same milieu where we see so many women occupying yeah. right now. Um, so I'm, like, I'm hoping to see more films like that, more TV shows like that. Like, to your point, I really do want to see sort of like the comedic take on the Bad Black Moms. I think there's so many people out there who'd be so great at that. Like, I mean, Regina Hall is right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) Regina Hall is right there. Like, she is literally, she is right there. And I think that like, um, I don't know if you ever saw this show. It was one of the first shows on WB. It's called Cleghorn starring Ellen Cleghorn. Ellen Clegghorn was um, actually the second black woman to be a cast member on Saturday Night Live. And funnily enough, the person who played her father was Garrett Morris, the first black man Mm. to be a cast member on Saturday Night Live. It was canceled within the first season. Wow. Basically, it starred Ellen Clegghorn as a woman who was, I think she ran a production studio or something in Soho. She lived on the Upper West Side, and she lived with her parents and her young daughter. And I liked watching the show. It was definitely like a family sitcom. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good mm-hmm. um you can't really find it online at all otherwise i would have focused on it and showed you a clip it <laughs> yeah. but even as i was thinking about this episode I, I mean i wondered was a show like cleghorn too before it's time i mean yeah. I, hate, I hate the idea of before it's time but like were people just so far behind at that point part of the reason why the show wasn't successful is because they couldn't conceive of a show with a black mother who was single and working and vibrant and had a creative career, you and know? And not
1: completely unhappy. Yeah. And not
0: completely unhappy and, yeah, <laughs> and, and, like, completely unhappy and yeah. like enjoying her multi generational family. I don't know, like, I, I, but I would love to see somebody reinterpret like a similar, I just think there's a lot of terrain there, like a woman who's a working class artist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who like, lives with her parents and has a child, like who like has a vibrant social life, but also like has parenting duties and like doesn't have a shit ton of money, but finds ways to get her work done. Like I don't know. It sounds like you wanna
1: see real people
0: i would love to see (laughs) real people i would love to see real people feels
1: like the running thread so
0: yeah so i mean you know uh i hope to see something like what we're looking for in the near future i think that there's a lot of people who would really be into watching something like that and you know when it finally happens like i'm super excited to talk about i mean i I, you know like i think about ali wong even too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i would love to see like someone with that type of humor occupy that space as a black woman and, and give us our give us our little moment to shine. So bad black moms, wherever you are, we see you, we love you, we hope to know you. I go really, get drunk for us. Go get drunk for <laughs> us. I really wanna know though, like like please uh tweet us and like comment on social media and stuff like that let us know what you think of this episode and let us know like how you're feeling as bad moms because like Eric's not a mom neither am I (laughs) Um, there's some some gaps but yeah give (laughs) us advice things that clicked with you things that you think we got wrong any any show that we shouted out that you love you're another black woman who loves better things let me know gang gang Uh, but until next time this has been For Colored Nerds you can follow us on anything at For Colored Nerds yep and um, we'll be back next week we'll be back
1: For Colored Nerds was created by me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce. It's supported by our production team at Stitcher, including producer Alexis Williams and social producer Elise Ellis. Marcus Ham is our engineer, and Peter Clowney is head of content. Our theme music is by Willie Green. And look, y'all, we love hearing from our listeners. We love you all so much. Seriously, it feels so good to be back with you. So please connect with us and tell us what you thought of this episode. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at For Colored Nerds. And never miss an episode by following us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen.
0: Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.